This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 671, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, April the 17th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 671, and today I'm taking a look at some of the books that came out on Wednesday, April the 17th. So we're, we're about 10 days past that now, so this is going to be our, our kind of our last look backwards before we can start talking about book, books that came out on the 24th, and uh, there's some big stuff that came out on the 24th, so I'm excited to get there, but before we can do that, let's go back to the 17th of April. So on the 17th of April, uh, so I'm going to talk about first mention some of the books that did come out that I did not get a chance to read yet. We have new issues of Age of X-Men, Next Gen, uh, Age of X-Men, The Amazing Nightcrawler, new issues of Aquaman, Avengers No Road Home, which is actually the last issue, the 10th issue, uh, Damage, number 16, Electric Warriors, number 6, uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, Magnificent Miss Marvel, Major X, Marvel Spider-Man, City at War, Meet the Skrulls, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Nightwing, Old Man Quill, Shuri, Star Wars Age of the Rebellion Special, Star Wars TIE Fighter, T- Teen Titans, Thor, Tony Stark, Iron Man, War of the Realms, Punisher, War of the Realms, War Scrolls, War of the Realms, West Coast Avengers, and Wolverine Infinity Watch. So with all that said, which ones did I get a chance to read? Well, I'm going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man 19.HU, which continues kind of these, uh, not like kind of more character-centric issues as part of the Hunted storyline. This is written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Chris Bacalo, um, or Bacalo. Um, and when you're doing a story about Lizard, I mean, I feel like he's done so many of the modern uh, Lizard stories that Bacalo or Bacalo, whatever you want to call him, has really kind of had his stamp on what that character kind of looks like. Yeah, again, in a more modern context, uh, it's a very different version of the Lizard than most people before him. Um, even like you know when Ollie was doing him, etc. Like this, this is just different, and it's creepy. Um, and this is you know a very different focus. This is you know the Lizard and Taskmaster, and you also have the Vermins. Um, it's definitely an interesting, interest you know perspective on Kurt, and uh, interesting to see you know what his plan is, and you know how he's he's gonna he's gonna save his son, um, no matter what he does, he's not gonna let him die again, and uh, it's you know it, it really works on that level. Um, Bacallo is a, is a polarizing artist. I, I I don't think I'd be offending anyone to say that. Um, yeah, I find that you either love him or you hate him. Uh, he's extremely stylized, and sometimes it's it just it looks so cool, but. I guess my sometimes my issues with his artwork is not that it looks doesn't look cool, but I'm not always certain about some of the storytelling. Um, there are often times where I, I kind of lose track of what's going on, and sometimes you need more of the writing to kind of guide it, and that's not necessarily good for a comic book. It's you know it's supposed to be a, a good visual blend, uh, or sorry, a good blend of the visuals and the and uh, the written word. And I find sometimes with his artwork, it's not always abundantly clear what's going on. He also you know obviously makes some characters look a little younger, like the there's a, a very cartoony nature to it, which is just different. And I feel like in most ways, you just kind of either have to get in, get in on liking what Bacall is going to do or, or just not. And again, it's either you love him or you hate him. Um, this issue, I think more often than not, it works. Um, I liked it. It was a good issue. But I, I do think that the storytelling itself, visually, is not necessarily the strongest. But because you have a good script and it's really getting into the mind of the character, that's not a big deal. So I'm going to give this an 8. Next up, we have Batman number 69, um, which is, you know, it's called Dark Reunion on the cover here. Um, and again, this, this is an interesting issue, and this is probably the one that kind of puts the whole nightmares thing into a grander context. Uh, it has its, its moments of being quite beautiful, um, 
in Savage because you have you know this juxtaposition between Bane and Thomas Wayne as well as uh, Bruce and Selina kind of in, in um, Batman, Batman's mind. It's called The Last Dance. It's written by Tom King, artwork by Yannick Paquette and Nathan Fairburn on colors. Um, Yannick Paquette, I have never liked his artwork as much as this. Like I've seen his art before, and I, I've never been a, a huge fan. I, I found him to be a capable artist. It just it was never high on my list. But uh, his work here is fantastic. But I also have to really say that Fairburn really deserves a lot of credit for the richness of the colors, especially in all the flash, uh, you know, kind of the nightmare sequences with uh, Bruce and with Selina. Uh, the story, first of all, I, I like Bane and Thomas. I thought their interaction was just felt very correct. I thought the elegant dance between Batman and Catwoman and all the different kind of iterations and costumes um, and what it kind of means in his mind, um, I think it was really interesting and cool. And, again, the idea that the nightmares starts to make a, a level of sense as to why they've been structured in this manner. Um, this was really, really strong. And this, you know, is the type of issue that reminds me that Tom King is a really gifted writer and has a really good sense of kind of laying things out. I will not agree or enjoy everything that he writes. And I know that. And I think next week we'll be talking about that. Um, but I really like this and I thought it made a lot of sense and would definitely put into context everything we've gotten so far in a way that I found very enjoyable. Uh, next up we have Daredevil number four, No Fear Part Four. This is uh Tip Sadarski on um, well, he's the writer, Marco Cicchetto on art, and Sonny Go on colors. And I thought this was great. Um, a very thrilling story. I mean, I thought it was just a very intimate setting. Marco Cicchetto is no um, no stranger to having, you know, illustrated both Daredevil and uh, Punisher before. Um, he had an amazing run in the Punisher. Um, this was this was just very, very solid. I, it's not hard to. Well, it feels like because of how many artists and writers, how many writers have been able to do it, it's almost like it isn't hard to do a good Punisher Daredevil story. But damn it, this isn't thrilling as all hell. And um, it's visceral. It's very intimate. You know, everything kind of takes place in this uh, small little bunker. Um, you know, there's just so much going on here, and it's very powerful. Um, there's other elements going on as well, but really, the, for me, the big thing is what's going on with uh, with you know the, this interaction between Matt and Frank, and the end where you have him in his Daredevil pants, uh, or at the bottom of his suit, you have him in a Punisher t-shirt, and he's got his Daredevil mask on and his red gloves, and damn it if that doesn't work so well, and I don't even know why it does, but it just looks fucking awesome. Um, this was great. I thought again. I'm really liking Sadarsky's uh, take on this. It's it, you know it's darker. Um, it's not the lightest take on Daredevil. I mean, I, and to be honest, I don't even think I want that anymore. Like, I loved Mark Wade's run, and it was so perfect. It had its moments where it really, it, it really uh, mixed together uh, the the light and the dark of Daredevil, and you had some amazing artists on on board with him who really were able to sell that in a way that you know very few artists can and he got a murderer's row of people who were able to be well, who were supremely talented and are supremely talented and were able to match with him and, and put what he wanted to say about Daredevil on the page and then after that we went in a much darker direction obviously with um, oh my god Charles Sewell and now we have this other one and I'm, I'm just I'm really digging this this has been great so I'm going to give this an eye and this is a very thrilling fun issue um, it's it feels very cinematic, and again, there's just something to the intimacy of the fact that they're they're in an enclosed space. Like often when they fight, it's on a rooftop somewhere, and there's a sense of 
the openness and the open air, but there's something here where there's nowhere to go. And especially what Daredevil does when he, you know, pulls out the guns, the fact that he could be the craziest marksman because of his abilities is, again, a, a cool thing that's not explored ever, but I, I thought this was great. Uh, next up is Justice League 22. Finally got caught up on this. Um, not a, not a huge fan. Um, this is, what is it called? The, the First Crisis, uh, by T- James Tinney and the Fourth, art and cover by Francis Manipal. And uh, here we have uh, Batmite being kind of in, um, he gets to escape from his cage, and we have a, a lot of kind of back history of the universe. I'm just not super into this. Um, you know, it, you're using familiar characters, but you're kind of structuring them in a different way. This 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 character. Now I'm forgetting her name, but this character, this mother of, of you know monitor and anti monitor, it's trying to kind of retroactively add in elements of the kind of uh, multiversal framework of the DC universe and I just feel like there's been enough kind of written and rewritten and rewritten and you know written over that I just this doesn't feel like extra spokes to the wheel that I needed added um, I, I found again the pacing a little bit problematic um, you know it's, it's a very just extended flashback um, I don't know if you really bond with the characters that well or care enough about what's going on like it just feels at some again at times disconnected um, I found I just was kind of bored. Um, I was feeling indifferent at times. Like it, it's not bad. The art looks great. Uh, the story's you know all right. It, it, you know again, it, it just doesn't feel like it's woven in the most interesting way, and in that it really captivates the reader. It just feels like a lot of info dumping, and again, a lot of retroactive continuity building. And it's not my favorite. And you know, it, it has to really wow me in order to, to sell me on. You know, retroactively adding something in and, and kind of changing a fundamental uh, history or elements of characters that form the fundamental history of the DC universe, or at least one version of the DC universe, and that's its own complicated and crazy question these days. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to give that. Uh, I may have already said. I guess I'm going to give that a six. I'm kind of looking at like kind of three for story, three for art. That's kind of in my mind the breakdown that's happening there. Uh, we got Spider-Man Life Story number two. Uh, which is great. Uh, it's written by Chip Zdarsky, once again, Mark Bagley on art. And uh, now we are, we flip forward to the 70s. It's 1977, and uh, things are very different in this universe. Um, you know, you have Flash Thompson died, in, I guess, in Vietnam. Um, you have Captain America's on the run. You have you know, the Avengers starting to help uh, go into Vietnam, uh, which is interesting. You have all sorts of stuff going on. You have Peter and Gwen together, and he's still, Mary Jane's still around as well, and just the art is is brilliant um the stories but i mean the way in which peter and reed richards interact is is really interesting and and so different like it's really diverging more and more from kind of the core continuity which makes sense obviously uh but you know there's still elements of the old and you have you know a bit of a a clone saga so to speak uh happen as well which is again kind of crazy um, I like the changes and additions to Spider-Man's costume. I like that, you know, it's shades of something we've seen before, but still different enough. Um, yeah, I know this is really interesting, and it's sad. And, um, you know, in 78, kind of seeing Gwen taking off with, you know, the, the, the clone of Peter and kind of seeing what, what's wrong with Peter and how he's handling everything or not handling everything, it's so so fascinating. I'm really interested to see what happens when, in the next issue when we move to the 80s. But um, so far, you know, two issues in, and it's just a really thrilling read. So I really dug this. I'm going to give this a nine. I, I think it's a great creative team. They're really knocking it out of the park. It's such a cool idea. 
Um, I, I want to see more about this universe. You know, like this is the type of thing where I, the life story for him was interesting, but I also wanted to see how different the other Marvel universe is. Everyone else is changing, aging too, and how does that work? And it, you know, it, it asks so many questions, and it's not. It's just kind of moving along, but man, I, I, I want to see more, and that's a testament to the writing here that I'm invested and I and I care about what's going on here. Next up, we and last up, we have Uncanny X Men sixteen. Matthew Rosenberg writing it. This is uh, this is Forever Part Six. Our work by Salvador La Roca, and um, you know, again, you have Scott, you know, kind of uh, bringing people in and giving them over to Captain America. So obviously, it's a very different relationship that we're used to seeing. Uh, we have Scott obviously dealing with the uh, what's happened to his eyes. Um, yeah, yeah, Magneto. Like, there's all sorts of stuff kind of going on here. Um, again, I love the weird hodgepodge of when you see the X-Men standing together and you have, like, New Mutants era-level costumes or era costumes. You have uh, Havoc wearing, like, his kind of mid-2000s costume. You have the the brown and gold for Wolverine. You have the classic 90s costume for Cyclops. Like, it's just so weird to see them all kind of together. But uh, I really enjoy kind of seeing it like this. Um, they, you got some great action here, great things with Magneto. Um, no, this is great. And I, even the nobody tricks the juggernaut is actually really funny as well. Um, so yeah, no, this is fantastic. And I, the fact that you have Joseph here, I thought was a really good. You know, it's not actually Magneto, but it ends up being Joseph. I thought was a really cool touch. Um, anyways, I'm I'm excited to see what what comes next. And uh, yeah, I mean, this has been such a great read so far. I'm not the biggest fan of the you know Uncanny X-Men disassembled that kind of led into it, the first 10 issues, but everything since then I think has just been real gangbusters. I think it's just been uh, a full run of really great stuff. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, in our next reviews episode coming out in the next couple of days, I will be talking about some of the books that came out on April 24th, which included Heroes in Crisis number 8, a new issue of Action Comics, um, new issue of Age of X-Men, Extremis, Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, Edge of Infinity, Avengers, Black Panther, Black Widow, Detective Comics, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, Freedom Fighters, Hulk Vereens, uh, Iron Heart, Justice League Dark, Marvel Comics Presents, Marvel Rising, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, Mr. and Mrs. X, Runaways, Star Wars, Doctor Aphra, Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars, Vader, Dark Visions, Superior Spider-Man, Thanos, The Flash, Venom, War of the Realms, Uncanny X-Men, and Wolverine the Long Night. There's a lot of stuff coming out on the 24th or that has come out on the 24th, so we'll be talking about it in a future episode. Thank you again for listening to this episode. You can email me at commerceshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode, episode, I guess, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever comes after this number, 672. That'll be our spotlight on Avengers Endgame, and it should be hopefully dropping on the 28th of April. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>